real news. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. And we are live here with a CPAC and Super Tuesday special here of Real News Uncensored. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, our experience of T and I going down to CPAC. And it was, well, it was, it was overall, um, I would say it was a mixed bag. The convention itself was a mixed bag, but the after parties, the extracurricular activities, the controversial figures, the edgy, interesting figures, that was the best part. And Trump's speech was the best part too. What, what's your uh, TLDR review of CPAC? Dude, it was funny seeing people get kicked out of there at the end, at the very end, like after CPAC finished. It was really interesting to be standing like a few feet away from uh, the one and only Fuentes himself. Um, the Trump uh, speech was very like mesmerizing, knowing that he's in the same room with us. So, Yeah, it was a pretty crazy experience. Now we're officially live. I'm sorry if I screwed that up and you guys didn't hear the beginning. Uh, but to recap, I said CPAC was basically a mixed bag. The convention itself was a mixed bag because there was some cuckiness, but got to meet a lot of cool people, a lot of interesting uh, celebrities, right-wing figures. The best parts were Trump's speech and the extracurricular activities and the controversial people. So we're going to go day by day. By this, we're going to be following the Super Tuesday results as they come in too, but we are going to mainly be talking about CPAC. So let's start with the first day. So the first day... We drove down there, and we did not get a chance to check in. So we decided the first thing we should do to save time, because it was on our bucket list for uh, the D.C. CPAC area, was to hit up the Trump Hotel, the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. And we finally found parking, which was a bitch to find. Oh, my God. Parking in D.C. sucks. But we were in a new town, so we didn't know any better way to get around. So we went down there, we found parking, had to walk a bit, took some pictures in front of it with my MAGA hat on, and then when we got to the Trump Hotel and we walked in, and I wish I'd filmed my reaction, but I was in the moment and I didn't know if they allowed cameras. And the doorman opened the door for you and we walked in and there's like this sort of hallway of like a horizontal hallway and then you come into the main lobby which is where the old post office building is um renovating to a trump hotel and i just literally the you, you can um corroborate this like i literally just went oh my god oh my god like i was just taken aback my breath was taken away at the beauty and the luxury and the detail of it the fanciness it was the most beautiful hotel i've ever seen it was the most beautiful atmosphere too it was really captivating it was nothing like i've ever seen before i've been to a lot of hotels like because i've traveled a lot and nothing comes close to the trump hotel it was gorgeous it took my breath away and just stood there for like a few good few seconds just awing at this place and we walked around it a bit, took some pictures, and um, what else did we do in there? Did we do anything at that time? Um, um, no, we just walked around, used the bathroom, uh, took a few pictures, and then um, that's literally it. And we were contemplating whether or not we should eat there. Oh, yeah. we would, No, we were saying we got to stay here one of these days. Yeah. Like, we loved it so much. We were like, we got to stay here at some point. This is amazing. Oh, yeah, exactly. 
it really you know helped you understand why Trump has this brand he does and why he always says this you know it's the best the greatest no like he actually lives by that um I assume neither of you neither of you have been to the Trump International in DC have you I've not been to the Trump International Hotel in DC no what about you Phil I have really what do you think yeah yeah I I mean it it's really nice it's a really it, it's really nice um I mean I've been to nicer hotels but like not I I think when you get to Penn, like when you especially like when you get to Pennsylvania Avenue you get a lot of really nice well a couple of really nice really expensive hotels but that one is definitely a really nice one yeah i mean and it's one of those things when you look at it in pictures it doesn't really give you the true sense of what's like to be there i know i've said about a lot of things but the pictures really don't do it justice and it it's awesome i love it uh so after we did that we then because uh, it was getting later in the day because we drived uh well we drove down there on that day and we then had to go so that we made sure that we were there early enough we had to go to the national files event that was hosting alex jones gavin mcginnis millie weaver uh owen schroyer a bunch of other people and last near last minute they had nicholas uh, j fuentes um and we wanted to see that because we were interested in what was going to go on there. And I wanted to meet Gavin McGinnis. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, and we went down there. Again, hard as shit to get parking because so many people were coming that thing. We were lucky we got a spot. We walk in and we were grabbing some of the food there. Uh, and this is the coolest part about the Alex Jones events. They were free. The food was free. And it was open bar. It was a total deal it was the best deal you got down there and so we went in and we saw alex walk in and so we went into the speaking section we heard alex talk and you know it's it's alex um it's loud it's funny it's uh, it's uh very colorful and gavin had the funniest speech because <laughs> he goes up there and he first fake trips and falls and acts like he's uh, just reading the end of his speech and he's all confused and sort of slow and, you know, dazzled by the whole thing. So his assistant, Ryan, comes up. And I'm mentioning this because this is important for later about what happens. His assistant, Ryan, comes up and pretends to give him Coke. And Gavin pretends to do Coke as a joke. It was funny. It was hilarious. And he had a great speech after that. Yeah. And this was your first time seeing Gavin. Other than the few clips I've seen, and you seem to really like him on first impressions. Oh yeah, I did, especially when he did that coke reference. That that kind of gets me because I like to joke about drugs and stuff. So. Oh wow, degenerate. But you can see how you know this is sort of a more edgier, controversial, fun. It was a really fun event, and we both said at the end of it, where I said I was like, this is probably gonna be our favorite part or one of the favorite parts, and this is the first day. So I don't know how it's going to live up to it, but uh, we then, I, I got to meet Gavin afterwards and his assistant, Ryan. Gavin couldn't hear what I was saying. Uh, one thing I was saying is I was so tired and just so barely functioning at that point that I was trying to get words out, but I didn't ask for selfies. I know he hates those, but that was fun. Uh, so that was our first day. 
and it was a perfect way to start off. It was really fun. And that's the thing I got to say is National File, Alex Jones, all them had a fun, fun event. It was fantastic. We loved it. And it was great. Did you guys see any of the speeches by anybody? Because I know there was a live stream. I saw the one with uh, Nick Fuentes and Michelle Malkin. Okay, that's the third day. Yeah, we did yeah. not go to that event. For, uh, you know, I, I mean, that was the AFPAC that was happening on the third day, and we did not go to that because, I'll be honest, I was afraid that somebody would dox us or something because that event was... Um, definitely way more controversial than anything else. And I'm all for controversy and everything. And I love, um, you know, uh, hearing different viewpoints. But that one uh, made me a little nervous, especially some of the characters that would be there. But I have to give Alex Jones credit and National File credit for standing for free speech for everyone, and including Fuentes, even if they have legitimate disagreements and differences. But on this one issue, they can be fellow travelers. So that was day one. Day two we that was the biggest day that was the most jam-packed day we woke up and mike pence was speaking and we didn't get to see pence i wasn't particularly interested in having to wake up early to see pence it just wasn't that you know i i don't care too much for pence i, I like him but i'm not this like fanboy for him or anything so i figured since the roads would, roads would be closed two hours before and we couldn't get in all that jazz might as well wait we did roads were still closed Way like an after like maybe an hour a half an hour after he spoke the roads were still closed so we had to walk over there in the freezing cold wind got there and we had to wait in the hallway there of the registration area and we're waiting there because we already got our tickets because you couldn't get into the actual convention they blocked it off because Pence was still speaking or had to leave there or whatever and. I, I we sat down for a bit and you know I was like yeah I guess we should start talking to people or doing something make worth the time here and you went to the bathroom and I was sitting there excited to do some of my phone then I took a dump oh they needed to know that detail um <laughs> it's important and I start I was like wow she's taking quite a while I mean she she sometimes has long trips in the bathroom but this is quite long <laughs> yeah but also. I walk over and I see a little girl I know in front of an InfoWars mic. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, you are on InfoWars. And uh, Millie Weaver was there interviewing people, asking about CPAC. And you got on and I walked over, waited for you to finish. And she turned and looked at me and I was like, it's my girlfriend. So <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> and... I got on, and we both made the final cut of the video. I guess we'll link in the description, maybe. Um, and so we were on InfoWars. That was fun. Millie Weaver was very nice. And so that was really cool. Did you guys see the clip of when we were on InfoWars? I, I did. I didn't have a chance to look at it yet. Yeah, you... I did. You, you, you two did a very good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, very, very, uh, you know, answered the question. Very well-spoken. I like how you put the uncensored America little plug in there. That was, Shameless self plug. Yeah, you know, hey, you got to do look. It, there's nothing, there's nothing shameless about it. You do what you you're 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 fighting for free speech, and you got to you you got to you got to say how it is. Like this, that's a part of your story. Like yeah, how you, we're fighting for free speech. That's a part of the storyline. It's like, well, you know, we're getting shit on over here and 
I mean, TP's USA is good, but it's like, could you be know, better. it could be better and open, you know, uncensored America, you know? And yeah. I, I mean, I, people, people should know, people should know the, that that's what's going on at Penn state. And so, yeah, kudos to you. Yeah. Well, I, I thought that like the last bit, I'm like, Oh, perfect opportunity to mention this and glad we did. We mentioned our Sargon event since that was some of a big deal. So that was fun, and they didn't cut the interview up and make us look stupid or anything. The Infowars people were totally nice, and they put the full thing in the final edit. So that was cool. Again, this is just starting the day. This is the thing I noticed about CPAC is left and right, every second you'll be bumping into famous people. It's really, that's one thing that is cool about the experience. So after that, when we finally got let in, we started walking around, exploring it went to the convention area and started uh, going up by the media row and the booths and all that. And who do we see when we're in the media row is a giant crowd around Alex Jones. Alex Jones was there interviewing Bolsonaro's son. So we got to see that. And he was being colorful and funny as always. Oh, by the way, at the National File event, I don't know what he had, but during the event when other people were speaking, he must have gotten up 15, 20 times to go back to the open bar and refill whatever drink he had. <laughs> I don't know what he had. I, I, I'm not going to lie, it did look like water, but it was just funny seeing Alex just keep going up back and forth, keep refilling. <laughs> uh, he, he's great. And he would like shout during the speeches other people had. He would be like, yeah, fuck the globalists. Or, yeah, America. And he would just be, you know, shouting stuff in between. But it was funny. I mean, he's he's just a really fun guy. Whatever you think about him, he's fun. But So we saw him on the media road, which is where all the press people are, their little fancy booths. Infowars was denied a booth, denied media credentials, but they still got him as attendees. And so we saw Alex Jones there. I didn't get to shake his hand or anything because it was just so crowded but it was cool seeing that and then when we went to the booth area uh or sorry not the booth the uh vendor area we saw a bunch of companies like heritage foundation uh judicial watch tpusa gal all these things uh project veritas was there and then we saw this company called yippee.com which is a search engine i believe and who was sitting at the table there was Owen Schroyer from InfoWars. Yep, but since InfoWars got denied a booth, the yippee.com people let him sit down to do a stream, and he was interviewing people. And I stood there for a bit. I gave my info to his assistant, who was very nice. She was um, with him for most of it. And so he was doing his gig there. I have to say, Owen Schroyer is probably one of the people there that surprised me the most and what i mean by that is i'd seen him before and i thought he's a pretty good broadcaster i realized how talented and really just solid this guy is at doing broadcast journalism he can just keep going on his feet and he's good at um creating controversy in a good way pushing the boundaries for free speech and all that good stuff and he, he just seemed like a really cool guy and across from him was the walk away guy he had a booth there, the walkaway movement uh, had a booth, and Brandon Straka was going to come at like 5 p.m. or whatever to do a meet and greet. So I got to meet and greet him, give him my card. He was very nice, by the way. Super normal, cool dude. I mean, 
that's why I noticed when I met some of these people, you could just sort of feel who they were right then there. Uh, and with Brandon, I, he just felt like a normal dude. I liked it. And he was very kind to us. Uh, but I almost forgot. The second thing we did that day, or one of the first things that happened, after the InfoWars interview with Millie Weaver, we went down for the Jacob Wall press conference because I knew he was going to have one. So I was going down there, and we've had Jacob on our show. He was nice and fantastic. And we went down to the lobby. Now, I was hard finding them at first, but I finally found it. And um, Jacob Wall was doing a press conference. And who was there? Gavin McGinnis and his assistants. I was like, ah, oh, great. Gavin's back. And so this is where the first controversy of CPAC really happened. So we saw Gavin and Jacob there, and there were other reporters there. Will, um, Jared Holt and Will Summer, who are left-wing reporters, were there. One of them has some Antifa connections. I forget who or how. And I think it was Jared Holt. I think it is Jared Holt, too. Uh, and Gavin McGinnis, you can look at this on his channel, but before the press conference, I think, he was making fun of Will Summer and Jared Holt. He's like, look at you, tattletales. You look like milk. Uh, and he was like insulting them and, you know, just uh, roasting them live. It's actually pretty funny. And so I'm there. I got there. And I just see Gavin go, you're a fucking liar. And I'm like, whoa, shit, what's going on? And, you know, something was already brewing. Uh, and I got to ask Jacob a question, which was cool. But then... As we're leaving, this one girl was interviewing Jacob because I wanted to say hi to Jacob. Like, oh yeah, I was going to Penn State Radio talk to you. And as we were leaving, there's this um, uh, security or sort of it looked like a hotel employee or security guy standing there looking at us. I'm like, oh, they're probably. I think they're just here making sure we're all safe, but I don't know. And then he goes, "Are are you uh, with uh, him?" And the girl goes, "No, I'm just interviewing him because they were like walking out." And all this time, like, something's going on. I'm like, what's going on here? And I walked away for a bit, and I came back, and I see Gavin McGinnis uh, with, in front of the security guy with his phone and the security guy blocking his camera. And I'm like, oh, my God, are they getting kicked out? Holy shit. And Gavin McGinnis and Jacob Wool got kicked out of the Gaylord. Uh, technically, they weren't in CPAC. CPAC, you had to go upstairs to be technically in the convention, but they were getting kicked out of CPAC or the Gaylord. And I don't know why. I, I really don't know why Jacob was getting kicked out. According to Gavin, one of those reporters, quote unquote, claimed Gavin threatened to beat him up. I never saw that. I don't believe it for a second. It's It was used as a way to, I guess, kick him out. But Gavin paid for a ticket and so did his assistant. And why, why the hell uh, would they just throw him out without hearing the other side, hearing what he has to say? They just... Got rid of them both, and I guess they both couldn't come back in. The only thing I thought is that Jacob may or may not have had a CPAC badge, but technically you didn't really need that because it was a hotel lobby where anybody could walk in, like Trump Hotel, anybody could walk in. Did you guys see anything about them getting kicked out? Because we sent a tweet out that went viral thanks to Jack Posobiec. He retweeted it, and we got a lot of interaction on social media, but that was some bullshit. That was the part... That's where I started seeing the cucky establishment um, side of CPAC show. Is they wouldn't let these somewhat controversial people there, and they kicked them out for bullshit reasons. They didn't give them the benefit of the doubt. And these were conservatives, and they were listening and um, submitting themselves to left-wing Antifa reporters. I mean, what the fuck is this shit?
Yeah, uh, no, I didn't really see anything. Um, I wasn't really watching all that stuff too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I saw. I mean, I I saw what you uh, I saw what you posted. Good job, by the way. Um, the uh, I, I don't know. Like, I th- this is it's surprising to me. It's surprising, but it's not really because I. Yeah. You know that they, they, it's a, it's a organized event and they don't want like they really don't want people like alex jones or um you know orin shoyer or gavin mcginnis like they don't want them there because it's like they're they they challenge the status quo and you they're they're trying not to you know they're trying to keep the peace but it's like well you know, and those individuals are rightfully so are like, well, fuck your comfort. Like, you yeah. know, and I mean, and that, that, that makes some people uneasy. And that's, so that's, I, I guess that's going to be the response from now on. I'm, I'm assuming, uh, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's bullshit, but you know, that's, it's what we're going to have to deal with. I mean, well, and it pisses me off because these conservatives, these establishment conservatives are like, we support free speech. We're fighting for free speech, except when it's Gavin McGinnis's free speech and people on your side that you have some issues with for some reason. I mean, no, I see. See, I, 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 I don't like that when, when, when establishment says they're for free speech, like it's like, it's a very, um, bullshit and i'm like it's fake like like if you like look if they and this this is this is why a lot like like they should do more like if they were really for free speech they should be doing more in their legislation in their you know yeah um and whatever but they don't they don't do it because if they had the chance to fucking stifle other people's free speech they'd fucking do it and keep well, in that's mind the with, that's the problem with CPAC really is it's just this whole like convocation of establishment, you know, yes. Republican. Yes, that's what became what they... apparent quickly. Like like Roger Stone. This is what this is like like the whole Roger Stone thing. Like people are like, look, they need to fucking pardon these people. And it's like and I and 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 so the part of me is th- saying like and and we all know that that's the right course of action. He needs to be pardoned. But like obviously it's there's a good chance it's probably not going to happen. I don't like, and the, and the problem it, and the problem with that is not so much Trump, but probably the people, people around him are like, no, that's, uh, we don't think that's a good idea. And, um, and I, but I, but I think you have the establishment Republicans that are like, if they had a chance to do something to a liberal, the way that, did to roger stone they'd totally fucking do it like i i truly believe that like i'm not i i don't think that this is i i always i've always believed that if one side is doing it the other side is too like it's just a different it's just a different language or it's just a different you know different faces but it's the same shit and like 
And that's why we have people like Gavin McInnes, Al, uh, Alex Jones. We have Owen Shore. We got you know, Nick, and in some cases, Nick Fuentes. Even though I'm not, I'm not a fan of his, but he's he fits that mold. You know, we got people that that are challenging, that are challenging this whole thing. Like, look, and and holding people accountable. Like, if you're really for what the fuck you say you're for, then these are the people that are going to shove it in their face. Like, no, are, are you sure you're for that? Are you sure? Cause it doesn't look like it to me. And that's and, the thing that I give out like props. Like CPAC. Yeah. Like you, like what you were, what you were seeing, like, you know, you, and you got to see that shit firsthand. It's like the, like these people, like, like some of these, like a lot of these people are like, they don't, they're not, they're not for what the fuck they say they are. They're for. And so people like us, we need to like, we need to point that shit out. And I think we do a good job of it, but like, I like we got to continue doing that and hold these people to the fire, hold these people's feet to the fire, because if we don't, they're going to keep doing exactly what the fuck they're going to do with no checks or balances whatsoever. Yeah. And the thing that's why I have so much respect for Alex Jones uh, mm-hmm. at this convention was that he truly stood for free speech, for free speech for everyone, people he liked and yeah. didn't like. And at the convention, you like, look, Gavin got denied press credentials before uh, coming to it, but they let him be an attendee, which is weird, but they denied his press credentials. Um, and when we were also speaking of banned people and controversial people, when Alex Jones was upstairs, uh, who was also around him was Laura Loomer. And I got to talk to her for a quick second uh, and exchange our, my info, and I got her card. She was very nice and cool. I mean, I, I one thing I noticed like, with Laura is what I think was what happens to a lot of these people, and like Alex too. Because of the the clips that get shared around, the selective editing and the controversy, it makes these people look crazy when they actually aren't. Like Laura Loom is just a perfectly normal person, and at least from what I saw. I mean, I haven't seen the full picture of either person, but even Alex, he's a colorful character off camera, yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's crazy. No. Well, I mean, look at look at look at Sargon. Remember, like like when Sargon came out, when Sargon came to the campus, and we 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 got to hang out with him afterwards. Yeah. yeah. He's like a really he's a really cool guy. Everybody yeah. everybody was saying, oh, he's crazy, he's sexist, he's all all this stupid shit. And then we meet him. He's like he's, he's like this really nice guy. And yeah. it's like. And it's like right away, I'm like, okay, well, now, now I have to doubt everybody. Exactly. That was my, honestly, that was my first. That was my first experience with like a major, you know, major conservative yeah. personality. And like, and I'm like, well, I don't see what there everybody else is seeing. Like, uh, and 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 the problem is, it's like this is this is what we're dealing. This is what we're dealing with. And of of course, the media the media is just gonna you know they do it too like it's like both sides of the media do it too and it's like they do their selective editing to make people look bad and it's like they're not gonna like like it's both sides are like are not gonna just not be honest they're not gonna be honest because you know one side's doing it the other side's doing it too you know 
Yeah. And that's one of the big takeaways I have for this. I will say, despite the cuckiness of the leadership at CPAC, the the people, by the way, are fantastic to go to it mm-hmm. for the most part. It seems mm-hmm. like there were more cucks than ever Trumpers before, but I saw so many MAGA hats. Almost everyone had a Trump, and it just wasn't just a MAGA hat. People had Trump shirts and pants, and they were cosplaying in Trump stuff. You know, it was a sea of enthusiastic Trump supporters. It was a beautiful sight. The people that actually were there were fantastic. The attendees were great. Loved them. And when these people are getting kicked out, all, everybody around be like, why are they getting kicked out? What the fuck's this shit? This is bullshit. So it's, it's again, it's somebody knows for a lot of these conservative things. And maybe it's a lot of political things in general. The top brass sucks, but everybody else, the boots on the ground, the attendees, the, the common men in them and women uh, are fantastic. But uh, yeah, so we saw Alex Jones and I saw Laura Loomer too. And up there, I also met Scott Presler, who's someone we're probably going to have on our show soon because uh, I have his contact info. And he was just a super nice guy in person. He's tall as hell. <laughs> he's a tall dude, but, man, he's so nice, so cool. Got to meet him. Uh, and so, you know, that was all happening, boom, 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 back and forth. And after that, I saw more people. Rob Dew, too, was there, one of the other InfoWars people. Uh, he was filming stuff, but I saw him the previous day as well. So after all that, um, I hit the big stuff on day two there. We went down to the second National File convention after party thing, and that was a pretty interesting one because it had a lot of the groipers there. They kind of follow Fuentes around. That's something I learned too, is that these groipers are the same people that follow Nick around everywhere. It's kind of culty, not going to lie. And... Uh, so Nick was in his corner with all his grapers surrounding him and everybody else was, uh, around there talking. I got to talk to a lot of people there. That was probably the most fun of all the after parties was that one. That was the most fun, the most talkative. I got to talk to a lot of people. I felt the most comfortable. That was the thing I noticed these Alex Jones after parties and these National Fire ones. That it just felt very comfortable and welcoming and fun. So much fun. CPAC was not this fun except when controversial people showed up. But this was genuinely fun. And I loved it. And oh my God, Gavin McGinnis' speech at this one. I'll give him credit. He did different speeches at both um, events. And I think he did them off the cuff. And it was fucking funny as shit. If you haven't seen it, find it. I'll probably post a link to all these down below. But uh, it was so funny. Because he literally starts off the speech with, um, I see everybody here. I see conservatives, uh, Trump supporters, groipers. And, And speaking of the groipers... We do give too much money to Israel, but you guys don't get it. Get too little pussy. You guys worry about foreign policy when you should be worrying about getting laid. And he just went on this tirade <laughs> about how they should be getting laid. It was so fucking funny. He's like, you know, he makes a good point. Like you guys, you know, worried about demographics and this changing and that. And the most direct, easiest thing you can do is have kids. Put a ring on it, marry her, and pump out kids, but you're not doing it. Uh, so that was just, I, it was hilarious. You were laughing your ass off. I was laughing my ass off. We loved it. Oh, you're moving away from me now. Uh, but it was just, it, he's so funny. And I almost got talked to him the second time, but that was right before he went up to speak. But I did get to speak with Owen Troyer there because when he did his thing, he started doing a, a Q&A, just impromptu. And people are coming up. And he had the best answer to some of these groiper um, 
and maybe I, they, they were groypers and they were asking more race-baity questions. And one person was talking about importing only Europeans or something into America. And Owen goes, because they were talking about European heritage and all these things. And Owen just said, I don't give a damn what my DNA results say. I don't give a damn if they say I'm European, Asian, whatever. I'm an American. That's all it counts. And he went on and on from there, but he was fantastic. I got to ask him a question and he was super nice and cool. And that was where Owen really impressed me. It was just his his impromptu talent was fantastic. That shows real talent, real ability. He just seemed like a cool dude and really enjoyable and kept things entertaining and fun and lively. And those after parties were fantastic. I just love them. And I got to talk to a Groyper actually and got to understand them a bit more. Uh, talked about the Jews a lot. <laughs> That's what happens with these Groypers is they like to talk about the Jews a lot. So uh, that happened on the second day. And Oh, and I also got on the live stream. Rob Dew was going around with his camera, and he came up to me, and he said, well, what was your favorite part? And I said, Gavin McGinnis, my favorite part. I love him, no homo. And he laughed at that, and he said, um, when Gavin went up on the stage, because it's fucking Gavin, he's such a frat boy in some ways, he went up to the guy who was the head of National Fathers writing this thing, and he went and grabbed his crotch. <laughs> I don't know if he actually grabbed it, but that's what it looked like he was doing. And uh, he then so uh, Rob said to me, he's like, would you grab his crotch? And I was like, no, I don't want to meet to him. Uh, and so I got a laugh out of him and plugged the Uncensored America again. Shameless self-plug. And so we did that. And I think that was right about when we left. And I also got to see Jaden McNeil there. He was outside and some girl like came in and the guys were, they had a few drinks and so did the girls and the girl just goes, I love you, Jaden. Oh my God. Something like that. And he just gave the biggest like puzzled like look. Uh, I also saw Stephanie Hansen at the party. I didn't realize it was her until somebody pointed it out. I think Patrick Casey was there. Um, who's a guy used to identity Europa, so I kept my distance from him. Um, I did see Matt Schlapp, too, the guy that runs the whole convention. I saw him go up an escalator before we went to this, and Raheem Kassan, uh, right before we walked in. I saw Raheem Kassan, um, right before we walked into, like, the Gaylord, I think. Oh, no, right before I walked to the Gaylord, I might have seen Farage. I really don't know if it was Naj Farage, but I saw Raheem Kassan, who is from Breitbart, London, and does the podcast with Steve Bannon. Saw him in there. Uh, I think that's everybody I saw on the second day. Jam-packed with people, like I said. That's where I saw the most famous people was the second day at CPAC. Uh, and we didn't, the speeches, I will say, I didn't have time for any of the speeches. I was networking and talking to people. I wasn't doing that. So on the third day, first person I see when we walk in is James motherfucking O'Keefe, uh, talking to some people and I didn't get to meet him cause he was on the move, but I took some video and picture of him. So we saw James O'Keefe and after that, I'm walking up and who do I see? Rick fucking Harrison from Pawn Stars. Uh, he was alone. I didn't feel like bothering him for some reason, but I thought it was cool to see him. And I was also on the move. That's the thing, too, is when you go to CPAC, you know, try to talk to as many people as you can. But I had to, I felt like, you know, a lot of these people were getting overwhelmed. I didn't really want to nag some of them. But you're also moving so quickly and you're seeing so many famous people that it kind of wears on you and you get used to it. Like, oh, yeah, there's Rick Harrison. Oh, yeah, there's uh, Kansas Owens. But, you know, you kind of, that's not to, you know, downplay them or anything, but you just get used to it and you're moving so quick trying to see all kinds of stuff. Um, and the two big things that happened on day three, uh, we did see Candace uh, Owens' speech because I did want to see her. 
And we were right there at the right time. So we saw Candace. And right afterwards, I was walking around the media row. And I saw her get, giving an interview with the Epoch Times. And so afterwards, she started taking selfies with people. And I got to shake her hand quickly uh, and say hello, give her my card, uh, invite her to come to Penn State potentially or somewhere else. And she was pretty nice, pretty cool. And I sent you guys some pictures of that. So I saw her. I saw Michael Knowles at some point. Tom Finn from Judicial Watch was at the Judicial Watch booth. Uh, Maj Ture was going down Esclair, and we saw his speech. Uh, I saw Candace, of course, Lawrence Jones. He's from Fox News. He gave a speech, saw that, but I saw him in the hallway talking to people. I also saw Sebastian Gorka coming in on crutches into his booth. Mark Lindell, the My Pillow guy. Okay, this is where the second big thing happened. So Owen Schroer from Infowars was interviewing Mark Lindell on, on Media Row day three, and I walked away and I came back out and I saw Owen with a crowd following him, and he was saying Infowars has been banned. Infowars is getting kicked out of CPAC, and sure fucking enough, Infowars is getting kicked out of CPAC, and they gave no reason. They just told him he's got to leave. They gave no reason he was getting kicked out. Again, this is the cucky leadership at CPAC. Kicking him out for no reason. He had a badge. He'd been doing this the day before. No problem. Uh, was at a booth where people want him to be. Um, you know, they invite him to be there. And then he was getting kicked out for no reason. And everybody was filming. And they, I don't even know if they gave him a reason ever. But it was total bullshit. And, you know, ridiculous. But, again, that was another big thing to happen. And for some reason, Sebastian Gorka thinks it's okay to kick him out. I'm disappointed in that. And we also saw Ricky Rebel, who was on Milo's show recently. He was like a right-wing pop star, rocker. And so we saw him. And when we were leaving, we saw Luke Radowski from We Are Change. He's got a YouTube channel. And I saw the back of him, but I did see him later at the Mike Cernovich event. And the last two people I saw were Kyle Kashav. He was in the convention floor talking to some people. And Nuance Bro, I saw him weaving a bell. I was trying to talk to him, but he got lost in the fray. Um, and it was pretty crazy. But that was day three. Almost done here, I know. A lot of talking for me, but again, guys can interrupt anytime. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, so day four was the last day of CPAC. And this was Trump's, the day of Trump's speech. So Trump was supposed to speak at 1.00. We woke up at 5.30, got there at 8, 8.30, and they pretty much closed everything down. It was like the only attraction you could even get to. We got there, and we were in line. I'm not making this up. This is a crazy thing to happen. We were in line, and we were in both in our MAGA hats. Uh, T bought a MAGA hat actually the day before. So we both had our legit real MAGA hats on, all dressed up. And we were arm in arm because we were kind of excited for the to see Trump speak. We, we were really getting there early to see that. And these two guys from my, some, I think, governor's campaigns. I saw a governor on their badge. They said... Hey, you guys, you two are the cutest couple. Can we get a picture of you guys? And we're like, what? No way. Like, of all the people. And so we got their picture, and that was kind of a cute moment, if you will. What did you think of that? That was adorable, but kind of random, too. So um, I am I think they might use uh, our picture for, like, some website, or I'm just I'm curious. Yeah, I would like the picture, and would like to know what it was used for, but we didn't get a chance to ask, unfortunately. So we got in finally to the convention hall and we got in, we weren't in the back, we weren't in the middle, we we're kind of in between the middle and the back. So we had okay seating, it wasn't great, but we still got in, that's what counted. And 
uh, so we had to sit through a bunch of boring fucking speeches, except James O'Keefe and a few other people. James O'Keefe was fantastic, loved him. And we had to sit through all these other boring speeches until we finally, we fell asleep. I'm not even making this up. We fell asleep <laughs> um, at around th- uh, 2 o'clock or 2.30. And again, the whole thing was delayed. That's the thing. All these speeches got delayed every day. They got delayed like an hour. And this one, Trump was getting delayed, not because of his current press conference, but because the convention itself was taking so fucking long to get to his speech. They finally got to it. We woke up. And we saw the presidential podium on the stage. I'm like, holy shit. It's about time. It's about time. Here comes daddy, Trump. And so we're sitting there in anticipation and, you know, we're all waiting for it. And then Matt Schlapp comes out to introduce him. Everybody stands up with their phones up. So we heard, you know, this proud to be an American blasting. And we're like, okay, Trump's coming out. We didn't see him for the longest time. And then I kept peeking around and I finally saw Trump's golden hair and I I lost. I was like, this is awesome. I fangirled. Um, It was just unbelievably cool to see him. And to feel the energy in the room was fantastic. And it was beautiful. And when we finally sat down, he started speaking. I mean, I was, again, my jaw dropped. I was in awe. I was like, this was surreal. And I told you going into this, I'm like, this is going to be an experience of a lifetime. Like, this is a cool experience we're going to have. Mm-hmm. And his speech was awesome. Fantastic. Superb. It was funny. It was energetic. It was serious at times, lighthearted. But it just he just connects with people in a way like I've never seen a speaker before. He he is the most talented speaker I've ever seen in person. I mean, I've never seen him president of the United States in person, so it was a... It was pretty amazing that alone, but seeing him particularly was amazing. He's super, super talented and just connects with you in a magical way. It just felt like a magical experience. It was really, really cool, and he connects with people so well. So, And it was hilarious. Like the, At one point during this speech, you can probably find a clip somewhere, he was making fun of Mike Bloomberg. He's like, mini Mike, he's going down the polls, he's sinking. And then Trump is at his podium, and he starts sinking down physically. Everybody burst out laughing. It was the funniest thing ever. He's like a comedian. You know, all these clips that CNN would show, and he mentioned this one too, like the Russia, if you have Hillary's emails, release them or whatever he said. If you were there and you heard that, and that's the thing I noticed with his speech, you can tell in person when a joke is a joke. You can feel it. Everybody's laughing. You're laughing. So when he says like, yeah, that was a joke, I believe him 100% now, and I understand the shit he goes through and how the media totally takes things out of context and totally misinterprets them deliberately or not. And you could just feel this guy is just a fun, loving American that loves this country, loves these people. It's just having a great time. Like it was awesome. It was fantastic. It's surreal. You, if you haven't seen Trump in person, you have to, there's nothing like it. It's one thing seeing him on video on TV or whatever, it's a totally different experience in person because you could just feel the love and the energy in the room, which I've never felt with a speaker before. The way he energizes people is unbelievable. When he says these Trump rallies are a love fest, he is dead on accurate. That's what it felt like, a love fest. We were both super happy and excited the whole time and came out of it just giggly and happy and joyful. Like It really, really made you feel something. What did you think of it? Because I know you weren't a big fangirl of Trump like I was before this, but you seem to understand him more and like him after it. 
Yeah, I would say the way he connected with the crowd um, and how he touched, like, a base with, like, all his fans really did make me understand, like, why people really, really like him. And plus, like, Noah, like, dude, Bush couldn't do it. I don't know about Reagan. I was obviously alive back then. But he probably wasn't able to, like, um, you know, get his fan base to, like, really like him as much as Trump did. So not even Obama. Like, I thought, like, the guy was, like, you know, everyone, like, a lot of people agrees with me. Like, he's very charismatic despite his policies but very charismatic but even trump like he like topped uh he somehow topped the charisma scale so oh yeah it's on another level his charisma is palpable and like i said the energy in the room it was a love fest i loved it it was just so much fun so joyful it was surreal one of the best most memorable experiences of my life i loved it one of the best parts of cpac after that we had one more thing on our menu uh well speaking of menus the food there Expensive as shit. The Gaylord food is absolute shit. It is terribly overpriced shit. The burgers were $10, and when you got them, there was no cheese, no toppings, nothing. Just a fucking burger patty and a fucking bun. That's it. Rip off. And it didn't even fill you up, too. Like, I was still hungry. We were starving. Yeah, I'm like, what is in this burger? Like, is was it, like, meat or was it, like, some kind of grain? It didn't even taste good. Like, it felt like it was fake meat. Yeah, it was crap. Um, I'm gonna try and get to the end of this because we're almost there. You should have. You should have answered when I was trying to get a hold of you. You should have, like, cause I the, there was uh, what what day was it? I think it was either Thursday or Friday. I had a, a lot, like I was I was down in Virginia and I was on my way up. By the way, trying to get through D.C. during CPAC. That oh was God, nuts. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, like you, I was trying to like reach out to you and like, see, cause I know, cause I know what DC is like. I've lived there. I lived there for three years and like, shit, I, I well, shit. I would, I had to pick you up. We went to Ben's chili bowl or whatever. I would have been, would have been great, but no, <laughs> John had to do his own thing. <laughs> The the thing with CPAC I found, especially, I think, I forget when you sent that, because honestly, I didn't look at my phone most of the second and third day, because mm -hmm. constantly doing stuff. Boom, 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 boom. This happening, this person, here, here, there. It was constant. So, uh, the, the only time I literally looked at my phone was when waiting for Trump to speak, so I was getting fucking bored, and I'm looking at my phone so much and draining the battery, but... Second, third day, I just I'd never had time to look at my phone. So, sorry about that. But <laughs> uh, the place we did eat at, though, every day, because it was the closest and the cheapest we could get, was the, I think it was called Brass Tap, the Brass Tap. Um, yeah, Brass Tap. Yeah, it was very good food, very good burgers, very good fries, and very nice service. People there were very nice. Yeah, actually, um, I don't know. Was it because like we were hung, super hungry, or like was the food better than usual? No, the food was good. It was really good, but because on the day we were super hungry, yeah, we we just gobbled it up. But even the day that we weren't as hungry, which was the, after Trump's speech, we still realized how good it was. Actually, not gonna yeah, lie, no, like I was also um, uh, I loved how I didn't have to spend any money on like drinks. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I took her all these things that had open bars or drink tickets. That was funny. So last thing of the day was a night for freedom. Mike Cernovich's night for freedom. We go there, and who's the first fucking person I bump into? 
Anthony Scaramucci, hedge fund guy, uh, 11 day communications director at the White House. I was, I got nervous at that point. I, I got intimidated. I'm like, oh, it's this kind of party. It's these kind of people are going to be there. I almost met him, but he, right when I was about to talk to him, he left and went, did something. But I got to meet Mike Cernovich right at the gate. Cool dude. Just totally cool. Exactly what you see on, on camera. He's, I can't say a bad word about him. He was just great. And so we were there, and there's a lot of rich motherfuckers there. Oh, my God. A lot of donor rich people that were in their little circles talking to their donor friends. They were um, all together. But I got to talk to Michael Malice there. Uh, he was a nice, cool guy. Jack Posobiec got to finally meet the guy that we interviewed. And when I mentioned our interview, he said, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, I've done a lot of interviews, but I really loved the interview with you guys. I was like really shit thank you i didn't say that exactly but you know i was just like oh thank you so we got praise from posobiec and uh very cool guy very normal in person carpe duncan i got to talk to him real quickly after he did debate with scaramucci uh he's a guy that makes a lot of these pro-trump memes that trump has retweeted and that was cool too but when we also walked in uh somebody right here bumped into project veritas oh one last thing i want to mention before we went to the night for free and we were walking around the Gaylord seeing Fang shit was going down in the lobby and Nick Fuentes came down and all his gropers were around him and he tried to enter CPAC an hour after it closed. It was kind of a screw up on his part. I thought that was pretty dumb. He really didn't do his homework. But when we walked in, we bumped into Project Veritas. Two girls from Project Veritas used to be undercover reporters at the night for freedom. And they looked at you and they literally said you should be undercover reporter. I, I, she said, I, I know the type when I see it and you're, you're a perfect fit. So somebody just got a fucking job offer oh <laughs> right then and there. I'm a psychology major. Like, I don't know if I want to get that heavily into politics. Like I told myself like, Oh, after oh, so college, I think you I'm know, done with politics for a while. So you probably will have a hard time finding a job. So this is perfect. Yeah. That's true, yeah. but don't girls get crazy when they go off and get involved with politics? I wouldn't call this mm. politics. No, this is politics. more investigative journalism. Bro, this is politics, mm -hmm. be honest. This is investigation. You'll yeah. be a journalist. No, it's yeah, you'll be a journalist. Well, you can like, investigate, like, um, I don't know, um, corruption factories, um, that kind of stuff, but like this is um, investigating politics. No, O'Keefe, has he's uncovered corruption in, in football in journalism and tech politics. companies it's a lot you're trying, of to, you're trying to go into criminal justice too right that's kind of like investigation yeah, stuff right yeah. you know so it's, it's almost up your alley mm, yeah. i guess i'm just worried that if i do it then they're gonna like kind of find out like hey um you know i was in yale my name was kind of wait involved. how's that bad thing i mean yeah sucks like, but oh undercover and they look me uh, up well, they'll give you a fake name well if you go undercover they won't know yeah, oh, that's Good true. Yeah, I thought I was like just gonna be myself, go there. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that happened there, and oh, I also got to meet Nuance Bro there. The chillest guy I met by far was Nuance Bro. Totally normal dude. Very underdressed for the event. He had jeans, t-shirt, and a gym backpack on him, but very chill dude. Very very cool. And we can probably set up an interview with him, too. I, I really liked him. He seemed like a very smart, well-spoken, knowledgeable guy. Finally, we come up. I know I've been talking so long. On the very, very last day, day five, 
after CPAC, we explore DC because I've never been there before. So take advantage of the opportunity. I was with uh, my little T here, so might as well have a fun day with her. Uh, and so we went to the National uh, Mall there. We saw Lincoln Memorial. We saw the Washington Monument and the little bit of the Smithsonian and the Black or the African American History Museum, which, by the way, again, overpriced food um, and a bit racist, too, because the first thing on their menu, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. And I just thought it was very poorly placed but the first thing on their menu was literally fried chicken i'm not making that up <laughs> i'm like are you guys trying to like perpetrate a stereotype or something i know you're really doing it i know well, I you do well to be, be fair, fair you know most stereotypes there's a little bit of truth in there yeah i know but it was you, know, like, you ever seen popeyes yes yeah that, yeah that's <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> yeah so I mean, that was just a funny thing I noticed. But um, we then went, because we had a little bit of time left, and I was like, let's just drive by the White House. We drove by the White House. And, you know, we had a little bit of time. And so we then decided, let's let's drive by the Trump Hotel. Maybe there'll be a close parking spot, and we can jump in one more time. Because the, the last thing you said in there, when we had to leave it on the first day, you were like, I don't want to leave. I, I was know. like... I was like, I don't want to leave either. Oh, okay, tell them about the how I peer pressured you into, you know. <laughs> fuck you. Um, this is a good fuck you, though, because, yes, we were there. We hit the bathrooms, which were gorgeous bathrooms, by the way. Um, and <laughs> lots of marble and clean. That's the other thing, clean, pristine. And so we're standing around there, and I'm taking it all in again. And you're like, why don't we try the food here? And I'm like, I don't know. It's probably very expensive. But maybe, yeah. And you were like, come on, Sean, let's just do it. And I was like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah, we're I was here. Like, well, we'll do like a order one thing and then split it between like the both of us. How about that? Was that was my idea. No, I think that was my idea. I actually know that was. Oh, yeah, my idea was let's take a look at the menu. So we took a look at the menu and we saw what was on there. And we said, you know, it's got stuff we like. And it looks, it doesn't look that expensive. That was the good thing, was it wasn't like $150 for a steak. Um, so we're like, all right, we'd like to be seen. And we sit down and. I look at the menu and we looked at it and we thought, let's get a steak and let's get cookies. Steak was 35 bucks, cookies $15. And we expected, you know, it might be a small portion. These fancy places do that where it's like a small portion and 50 bucks for it, whatever. And, you know, we thought it's probably gonna be pretty good. We, I, I said to you, it's probably gonna be one of the best steaks you, you have. And we're, you know, we order it. And I asked the guy, because I heard that apparently they give you complimentary bread and bacon that's really good. And I asked him, like, is that true or what? He's like, no, nah, I'm sorry, it's not. I was like, ah, false rumor. And he just goes, yep, alternative news. Uh, <laughs> and so he left and got our food, uh, you know, ordered our food for us. And we're sitting there waiting. And, and I think he could tell we were, you know, we were coming there for fun. They probably get that a lot. And I said in front of him that we would split the steak. Because he, he said it was like five, six pieces. I'm like, that's probably just enough for us. And we get our food after a little bit of wait. And I said, you know, it's probably going to be worth the wait. And we get the food. And it wasn't five, six pieces. It was five, six pieces per person. They were nice enough. Again, the, the service was fantastic. Nice enough to give it on separate plates. They gave us both our pieces of steak split. And they gave us each a set of fries that came with it. It was 
Very nice of them and considerate to do that. So we try the steak. And I've had a lot of steak. Not as much maybe as you. You've been to the steakhouse before. And I was like, this is really, really good. This is really good. But then I put the butter that they had on there. They had this truffle butter. Yep. With like, I don't know. I think this was like real truffle, truffle, but I don't know. Whatever it was, it was so good. It took a... Like a 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 steak to a 12 out, 12, 15, 20 out of 10. It was that good. The steak was soft. It was juicy. It was perfectly cooked, like a little bit pink and all that. Without, it wasn't undercooked, wasn't overcooked. It was perfectly cooked all around. And the fries, perfectly fried, perfectly golden. Yeah, fries aren't the hardest thing to make, but every fry was perfect. Perfect amount of salt, and each had like this unique seasoning on it. The steak and the fries each had unique seasoning that made it nice tasting and made it unique but good. So, loved every freaking bite. It was amazing. We were in just, we were loving it, mm-hmm. loving it. And then it gets better. They didn't give us our cookies yet, they held it back because they knew, well, if you just leave them there, they're going to get cold. So they, right when we're done eating, they come out with the cookies on the platter. It wasn't just one cookie. It wasn't one big cookie or two small cookies, whatever. It was four hockey puck-sized cookies that were warm, perf- like perfectly warm, perfectly cooked. They weren't thin. They weren't too thick. They were perfectly thick. Uh, and they were oozing oozing with chocolate chips it was stuffed with them they didn't skimp on chocolate chips i know it was too much for you but for me i was in heaven it was the best cookie i've ever had i just had the best steak i've ever had and then i just had the best cookies i ever had yum (laughs) (laughs) yeah but right after that like when we were finishing it up we were like this is the best meal we've ever had this is amazing Mm -hmm, best restaurant experience ever i loved it it made me want to give the waiter a higher tip, which I did. I gave him a nice, healthy tip. And it, even when the food was all gone, it still got better. And so I was signing the check, and it had a pen that said Trump Hotel on it. And so I, you know, I said, hey, this is a nice pen. It's cool. And the waiter was walking by, and he just goes, take it. Keep it as a souvenir. And we like looked at each other like two children. We're like, oh my, really? Oh my God. It was like, it was such a perfect cherry on top. And then look, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of thinking about grabbing it. So I'm like, they probably have plenty of pens. Like, what's that going to be to them? And then people probably do it all the time. I want a nice souvenir. But the fact that he said it to us after the great service we just had, the great delivery of the food, the great cooking, the nice, kind, respectful, uh, professional uh and courteous experience with the waiter. He does that at the end. And he smiled and it was just, it's like going into an Apple store is what I tell people. It's a special, magical, unique experience. It's all about the experience there at Trump Hotel. I absolutely loved it. Best meal ever, best experience uh, at a restaurant ever. It was well worth the price. We paid $55 and plus the tip, but it felt worth it. I've been to restaurants that are cheaper 
uh, but the food just doesn't feel worth it. This felt absolutely worth the price. There was plenty of food. It filled both of us. We loved it. We were super happy and giggly afterwards. That's how you tell how great the experience was. We just couldn't stop talking about it. When we got into the car and left, we couldn't stop talking about it. It was just such a wonderful experience. It made us happy. It was just amazing. Trump Hotel is a six-star hotel like that plaque there says. It is an amazing experience. Absolutely wonderful it, it, it made me, that last day, I mean, it was beautiful how a book ended it. We started with Trump Hotel, ended with Trump Hotel. But after seeing Trump speak and after experiencing his hotel, I mean, as somebody who already loved Trump and was a big fangirl, this bumped up my experience fangirl. even more. Yes, I am. So Fanboy. Fanboy. <laughs> There's fanboy and fangirl. I know, but fangirl's funnier. So and more it, fitting. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so it was funny just how, you know, it ended this trip, but it made me appreciate and respect and love him even more than I even thought I could. I thought I'd already reached my cap, but I grew up appreciation and love for him even more. And it was just, it was a magical experience. That's all. That's the best way I can put it. Being at the Trump Hotel is a magical experience absolutely loved it and i can't wait to go back like we every every like we were saying like now all the food that we have afterwards is just gonna be shit the bar has been set so high and look mm -hmm. there's probably better food out there i get it but it's probably this is probably going to be my favorite experience this is the yeah. best experience we've ever had at a restaurant best meal we've ever had it was amazing absolutely amazing do you have any more thoughts on thing. it no nope, you we, literally we, we took go. the words we, out of my mouth yeah do you have anything, Phil? Here's the thing: we got to go next year. We got to go next year. Yes. All of us have. All of us have. All of us have to go next year. That's. That should be the plan. And uh, bring the whole I, gang. Like as I said, as I said, lived there for a few years, so we got we got a couple of good spots. Yeah, you probably know some hidden gems. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, I uh, wish yeah. we all could have gone this time, but obviously, you know, Dolls, uh, Alex has his job and all these other things so we're all busy on different schedules but like again cpac itself i will say i i mean i probably would want to do it again but uh it's 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 not the best part of it, it the star it, it's kind of the stars would have to align yeah it's i could see me being better at this next time you know having more confidence with it and having you know done it before i kind of get the deal of it and i still hit a lot of shit like i i went through half my business cards and met a lot of famous interesting people but it's it's a lot to take in a lot to do uh and and you do have enough time to do it like you really do but you know it's it's a hell of an experience and once trump's not the president anymore like the the big speech is not going to be the big speech anymore if, especially with democrats he did in. say he did say he'd be back next year Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, true, true. Yes, he would be. And that's the thing. You got to go while Trump's still in. It's yeah. so cool. So, yeah, I expect him to be there next year. And, again, the Trump Hotel experience was something else. I didn't – we didn't expect to do that. I'm glad we did it. Um, but the after parties and the extracurriculars were the best part. That was what was really fun. Really, really fun. Do you have anything else you want to say, T? Nope. Anything else about Trump Hotel? Man, if it was only like cheap, I I would like I don't know spend money on it, but it's not cheap. Oh, so we see it's okay when we spend my money on it. 
<laughs> now we split the bill halfway. Yeah, we did. See, I was not nice. I was fair enough. Yeah, for once. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was just so cool. Like I honestly, I, I that's where I think these people that don't get Trump, they need to see him in person. They need to experience hotels to get why he's adored. It it, it all makes sense after you experience that. Man, I'm sorry. I've been blabbering for an hour there. But, again, it was a lot of material to cover. So I hope we covered it all because it was a special experience and it's good to document it. Wait, why, why is my friend's name in there? What's your What's your friend's name? Sheila. Oh, pff, that's Alabama. <laughs> I know what it looked like her name. You know? Oh, the other thing they do at Trump Hotel, I've got to mention this. When If you order the bacon, they bring out the bacon on, like, a cross and it's it's held up with like clothespins kind of things, and they take a fucking blowtorch, they fire up the bacon, and then they light this incense on top of it right in front of you. And the waiter there was even nice enough for the couple next to us. Again, they they've done this before, so they probably get, but it was just cool. Again, the experience is so great. They they even took her phone and took a picture of them with it, and after they filmed it, and they do the same with some drink. They like fire it up with the fucking blowtorch. And when you order champagne, they take like a like that mini machete thing, and they like uh, what, what they like swipe and take the cork off with it, and it fizzles into a napkin, all that jazz. So the presentation is amazing, and it's awesome. Love it. Yes, you agree. Let's take a look at Super Tuesday. Let's see how we're going here. Ah. Uh, Literally, the political article says Biden flexes in the South. Um, so let's see. <laughs> it looks like Biden has won Alabama, Arkansas, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Virginia, uh, maybe Massachusetts, Bernie, Colorado, Vermont, and maybe Maine, Texas. Sorry, Bernie. It looks like Bloomberg's going to be a big loser. Do you have anything you want to add, Phil? Like I said, I rambled for a long time there on everything, trying to hit as quickly as possible. But do you have anything else you want to add or input or questions, comments, criticisms? I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I felt like you did a really good job with handling that situation. Um, I, I just... I. I feel like I'm glad you got that first. Yeah, I get. I'm glad you got that first time out of the way, right? Because it's your first time doing it, and I'm glad you got that out of the way. You know, and you get a feel, for, get a yeah. feel for DC, get a feel for the, you know, that how CPAC operates and whatever. Um, and I like how, and I like how they now have the like the after the other after parties that are like kind of af outside of CPAC. Yeah. Um. I really like that. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I want to go next year. I you, do. you should, honestly. It's definitely something you should experience. But I'm not going, like, no, I'm not going unless y'all are coming. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing here. You're making me want to yeah. go again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, like, because, yeah, I think we, like, like now that, now that we're, we're showing people who we are, you know, and, like we can really, we could really be advantageous. Oh like yeah. Like the next time around, like we could really kind of, 
really really, really hit put it. our stamp on what we were, we're trying to do um but yeah we 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 gotta figure we there, there's so much stuff to try to figure out too and we got we we got a full plate of stuff going on um between now and like a potential next year mm-hmm. um but and yeah. also it um, is way more fun to go friends or girlfriends or whoever yeah. going alone has got to be like fucking shit i mean it's it's something you want to experience with people. And and you do, I will say, of all the negatives of CPAC that I mentioned, I still recommend going at least once in your life. Yeah. You know, anybody yeah. that is remotely interested should go. And like I said, definitely the after parties. Those were the best part. Trump speech was the best part, and Trump Hotel is also the best part. But, you know, you still meet a lot of famous people there. And, and again, even the controversial people, the banned people, they're still going to be in that area because there's a gathering of conservatives and they take over national mm-hmm. harbor for a fucking you know five days or whatever it is so it's definitely worth going down because you can still connect with these people and get personal interaction so it it's still you know a thing for you know getting your uh, feet in this game and it, it was really something else i mean I, I I remember at the end of it i was exhausted and in, in some ways glad it was finally over but in many ways, I wanted more of it. I wanted to go back and explore DC some more, explore CPAC. Like I mean, I kind of CPAC got tired of kind of quickly because I already hit all the booths and vendors and media row on the first day. So I was like, oh, what am I gonna do now? Um, and so you kind of gotta get creative. But it's still a cool experience. And and here's the thing too. Another two things I've got to mention: the Gaylord Hotel. <laughs> terribly named by the way uh that hotel is massive absolutely massive but it's not that impressive i was way more impressed by the trump hotel which was smaller but prettier and more glamorous it was fancier it was classier it was it really felt like a luxury hotel the gaylord doesn't feel that luxurious like if it felt like they cut some corners and it just didn't feel fancy, but the prices uh to say they're fucking do look like it is. But uh the last thing I'll mention is that I didn't even tell this to you. Uh when Trump was speaking out near the beginning of it, I mean it was getting to me so much. This shows the power of him as a speaker. Um I almost at one point wanted to tear up. Like I was getting the feels. I, I'm not afraid to admit it. Because I, I don't get emo- that emotion over things, really. Movies don't make me cry. Shows don't make me cry. There's only like one or two times where I came close. But Trump's speech, the power, the energy, the emotions that were you could just feel, you can feel the magic, really, really made you want just like, just burst into tears like, this is amazing. It's just this magical force you're feeling. And I don't say that about anything. So. Like the what? Say that a little louder into the mic so everybody can hear. Uh, no, you know what made me cry on those church steps was not... Oh, we can't reveal that. Uh, but, you know, the the thing is, you know, I you'll probably make fun of me for this, but it did make me feel that way. Like, it is that inspired. He's that inspiring of a figure. He makes you want to be happy, enjoy life, and experience great things and achieve greatness. He is truly, he has inspired me. I've said this before, he's inspired me alive. My majors, I picked my major because of him, basically. 
And I've changed how I talk, how I act, how I do things, how I lead, how I, um, everything because of him and other people. But this really made me feel, it was like sort of the pinnacle of it all. So I think that's the best way I can put all that. Oh man. I'm turning into Owen Schroyer where I can just keep going and going and going and going and going and going. Well, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot to unpack. It's a yeah. lot to take in. There's probably some stuff I'm missing um, too, but I tried to hit all the things I could, all the highlights, and I think it's just you know important to get it all down. Well, you did you did you did a good job with that one. Um, I try. I'm 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 looking. So I, I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the primaries, and How it looks we like doing? Bloomberg isn't fucking winning any of them. <laughs> wow! If he doesn't win it anything, like, he is fucked. Yeah, like he just gave he just gave what a half a billion dollars to you know <laughs> for nothing. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks for thanks for stimulating the economy, you dumb fuck. <laughs> I said this to Sam last night. Um, which everybody, if you want to hear my even longer uh, uh, CPAC uh, review, go to Sam Whitfield's channel, The Whitfield Report, and you can hear me talk about it again uh, if you really care to, if you want to rerun. Hey, I, I was on there the other day, too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. I'm sorry. Yep. Again, again, I was so yep. busy. I forgot about that terribly. Look, I, no worries, man. Look, hey, hey, we've... we've, we've you know, you you're busy, man. We got some, we got things going on. I'm just, I'm, I'm. Gotta plug it. I'm, I'm happier than a pig and shit that fucking Bloomberg's losing. Really. <laughs> well, how? Oh, actually, yes. Um, speaking of Whitfield, though, but yeah, I was also on there talking about, it, and I said Bloomberg is probably going to either get a lot or get nothing. I don't see him getting like some states. I don't see any middle for him. So. I expected it to be pretty shitty for him or pretty good for him. It turned out to be pretty shitty. But what was what did you guys talk about in the Whitfield report? I'm curious. I didn't have time to tune in. We were just kind of we were we were kind of just chilling out, I guess. We were talking about the uh we were talking about the last debate and then we uh I guess with Joe he he had he had just he had just won South Carolina. And it looked like he was kind of putting it all together, I guess, for the Democrat side. I, I don't know how you put it together if you yeah. Biden, but whatever it would look like, that's what he was doing. But um, uh, yeah, and then we just kind of, you know, we just shot the shit. Um, that's good. Yeah, you know, it's a good. It's a good. It's good. Yeah, and then you know, we talked about you a little bit. You know, uh oh, good things. I hope. Like, mate, made fun of you you know nothing big <laughs> no I'm just, I'm fucking no um no we were just talking about like like all all the crazy stuff that all the crazy stuff that just is is fucking going on um uh especially like with penn state and shit you know uh, with like i'm i'm excited i'm excited i'm excited for the speaker that's coming oh it's yeah gonna be, that's that's gonna be great that's gonna be great mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i'm i'm like 
the the cl the closer we're getting to it, the more I start to feel like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh. me too. Like our little boy at Christmas, like <laughs> staying up early. Mm. Like, yeah, it's going good so far. Thing that's gonna make me nervous now. I mean, it's still look. It still can be successful. It's just gonna have to work our tails off because now the funding's gonna take a little bit longer to get approved. We're probably not gonna really get it approved till the second week after spring break, which gives us three weeks to advertise, which is like the minimum we need. So mm -hmm. once we know, we're hitting the ground running advertising everywhere. Yep. I think we can yep. still pull it off because last time when we announced Don Jr. three weeks before, we sold like 1,500 tickets without even trying, honestly. So mm -hmm. I think it can still happen. Only bad thing is... um Maybe, actually, I'll have to say this all fair. Oh, hey, Sam's in here. <laughs> hey, Sam, how's it going? Yeah, there is an echo. I'm sorry. We're saving this. Um, we're recording this uh, also with uh, Audacity. But yeah, there is a stupid echo because of, I guess, the way this is set up. But we're dealing with what we have here. Do 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 do. Just telling uh everything I told you last night, Sam. Uh, just run it down again. Let's check out the fucking results so far. Um, yeah, Bloomberg's getting nothing. Warren's getting nothing. No surprise. Uh, the only state Bloomberg is kind of close in is Arkansas. And that's fucking it. <laughs> Maybe Texas kind of right now, but not really. Probably not for long. Biden's having a good night. Really, really good night. He might still be their nominee. Might not actually be Bernie. Well, I mean, if if, if, if should Biden take or should um, well if Sanders takes Texas and California that'll be big well he's leading that, in that's, Texas but no results from California polls close at 11 yeah. so we're gonna have to wait and on it that depends one. on how big if it's a, if California is a thrashing for Sanders yeah uh he'll be okay but if it's like closer then Sanders could be in some deep shit. Yeah. Like he's got a he had like I, I don't want to say all the fucking marbles are on California, but if it's not an impressive showing, it could get bad. It could get toilet bad in a hurry. Yeah, you're right. Like you're absolutely right. Like you need California is like like you're talking that's like 415 delegates like, yeah it's uh, huge like you, yeah like no doubt like if you like for a, for democrats anyway like, yeah fuck them but like <laughs> but like no it's like 415 that's like serious like if he can pull away significantly and take a majority the majority of them then you know i put some things up there. will be okay yeah. and, and and like really but but if it's close and you, and you, and of course you have you know the Klobuchar camp and Buttigieg like backing up Biden like it could get yeah it could get really south in a fucking hurry yeah um, and uh, but yeah let's talk about that for a second I think the DNC ordered Buttigieg and Klobuchar to drop out so that all the moderate votes that um, were with them could move to Biden and improve the Super Tuesday results for him. And we're seeing that happen here. I said that a few days ago. I said at the CR meeting last night, that's exactly what's happening. 
Uh, but at the same time, I also think that Biden uh is is going to be neck and neck with sanders in probably a lot of these races despite all that yeah once pocahontas tight. Drops and, out, and i mean it's tight. tight too yeah it's tight yeah. in texas like it's not like it's not like sanders is like pulling away yeah like by any stretch um yeah he mm, i uh i i don't know i i i think this could like I didn't think that this could make or break Biden was so much after the you know South Carolina win. I felt like okay, that he could kind of get some traction, and once once he gets the traction, he could move along. But I thought like Sanders, like it, Sanders could be on the ropes. Like if like say you don't get the get the numbers that you were hoping for, it could get it could get bad. But yeah. Not neither of them are beating Trump, so and I'll also mention because this is kind of our last transmission before spring break here. Uh, so we'll run down a few things. Uh, Chris Matthews retired on air on his last hardball show. He started off with it retiring. Bye, Bye Felicia. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's now in trouble because of some sexist comments he's made, according to some uh, people are saying, oh, he yeah. said these things about women. And he was also shitting on Bernie pe Bernie bros and Bernie himself and making some comments about African-Americans. So he's been you know, saying quite a few controversial things for the left even um, over the past few days. And then there's all this Me Too shit coming out. And so he left... Mm. whatever huh yep it's it is what it is i mean it's you know. i i don't give a i don't give a jackrabbit shit about chris <laughs> matthews <laughs> yeah i i, I feel you yeah like i you know because it's like it's msnbc like i don't give a fuck about like MSDNC. or as trump likes to say msdnc <laughs> yeah he said that his speech was fucking funny yeah. Oh my god! I was like, I was like, oh, that's catchy. It is. It works perfectly, dude. When like I, I can't emphasize enough. When you see him say this shit in person, there's nothing else like it. And every joke feels like a joke. There are times when like I'd see shit during campaign, like, is he really joking? But you can tell he's constantly joking. He's shooting the shit all the time. Um, I like, I like how he, I like how he. Uh, like what he said about Bloomberg, he was like, he was like, I know some, I know the, some of those people that he's talking to, right? They're ripping them off. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're so totally funny. gonna win. All we need is a hundred million dollars. Yeah. We'll keep, we'll, that was such a funny way it. to take it. You know, nobody else saw that, but I was like, yeah, that's a funny point. Oh my god! And then when he did that thing at the podium where he starts sinking down, was so funny i remember i have that burn in my memory seeing that it's so memorable because everybody just lost it it was god's amazing dude it's so cool oh fuck i just wish everybody could experience this <laughs> i love how on the new york times site they put biden's name as joseph r biden jr bernie sanders michael r bloomberg elizabeth warren <laughs> Let's see. They didn't put Pocahontas. What the fuck? Man? Yeah, what the fuck? Are they 
That is not right. That is putting the wrong name down. Sure, yeah. They're, 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 they're so unaccepting. They're being inconsiderate. They're, they're compete. They're being inconsiderate to her native American heritage. <laughs> very mean. It's very mean. It's very disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. We should respect other cultures. Right. You know, God, Bernie's leading. We're respecting her. We're respecting. We are respecting her one and 10 24th native american heritage okay we yeah we care on this show okay we actually care on this show we have hearts we have feelings and we understand the struggles elizabeth warren goes through as a native american right (laughs) paints with all the colors of the wind (laughs) all the colors in her fucking um uh oh and then the American uh, headdress thing, the feathers thing. I fucked up that joke, but you get where Powell I was going. Chow. <laughs> oh god! Oh, do you have any? I can't uh, believe I can't believe she made a book. I can't believe she made a cookbook. A cookbook. <laughs> that like, like yeah, you can. I think you can still get it on Amazon. Oh fuck. Chow. Wait, you... that's a the, like Native American Chow. Wait, wait, wait. Are, are you serious? I'm dead fucking serious. No fucking way. This is this can't be real. Pow wow. Pow P O W Wow D W O W Chow. My God. Oh my god. You buy that shit on eBay. <laughs> okay, Pocahontas. She has a book. Oh my fucking god. No way. No fucking way. <laughs> this is real. This is real, folks. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren has a fucking cookbook called Pow Wow Chow. Yeah. I'm not making this up. This is real. This is fucking real. A 1984 cookbook called Pow Wow Chow is edited by Mrs. Warren's cousin. Um... And her recipe, recipes are featured alongside her mother's. Unfucking believable. Are we in a simulation? Like, has this just confirmed a simulation? I feel like, I, I feel like we are all the time now. I, I, Dude, wait, yeah. That, like liberal, the, the these leftists are real. Like, I, I don't know. I'm like, the the the, the kind of shit that's on CNN and MSNBC, and the kind of stuff that like. The we the weird stuff that leftists are doing to try to to combat Trump, I feel like I'm in a fucking simulation. I'm like, there's no way that civilized people can possibly act like this. How wow, chow! (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious. Oh, but this but again, this is this is this is the uh, this is the beauty of Donald Trump. He gets the shit out of people. Like, yes. yo, they're, yeah. And like, because uh, he puts these people in such a, like, like he just puts it out there. Like, doesn't care. Like, you know, this was probably an open secret in, in Congress. Like, you know, you know, this, this is probably an open secret. He just, Donald Trump just like puts it on Twitter. Like, I have, I probably have as much Native American. Yeah, as she, as she is, and, and I'm I not Native none. American at all. <laughs> he said that during his CPAC speech too. I was laughing. And that's the thing too. Not only does he attack the things that need to be attacked that other Republicans don't attack, 
he does it in the fucking funniest way. Like, he's like a comedian. Yeah. I mean, I could just talk about this for hours, just how unbelievable it is. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the results. Oh, some more filling in for Biden and some more for Bernie. We're getting results out of Maine, Utah. Yeah, we're getting some Utah results. Utah looks like it's going for Bernie with Bloomberg polling second. Texas going for Bernie, Maine going for Bernie, Vermont, and then Biden getting Massachusetts, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, North Carolina, Virginia. Okay, you know what I'm seeing right now? Biden is still carrying the black vote. That's the states oh, yeah. he's winning well, that's what, have high yeah, black population. That's what carried him with a lot of these. Yeah, that's, yeah. Huh. He was, um, yeah, and he didn't, he didn't have to, uh, he didn't have to put out a video of, of dancing to juvenile like Tom Steyer did. <laughs> should we should find that? I I know right. Let like me find I, that. I can only see it. In, there there's some critic. I don't know. Yeah, well, let's let's pull that shit up. Try to... Oh my God, Sam is live. Oh, this is crazy. This is crazy. It's amazing. Uh, Sam is pl is live streaming the thing I recorded with him last night. Dude, it's night. on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, Dude, it's Sire on YouTube. Thing? It's like right as soon as you type. Well, so so when you when you type in on YouTube, you type Tom Steyer. It literally has the first fucking result is back that ass up. Yeah, I see it. It's literally back the first that fucking thing up. that pops up. Yep. Um. Well, yeah. What I was saying that was that um Sam's stream is going the same time as ours, so we have a simulcast oh. stream of our CPAC shit. Let's look at Tom Tom Steyer. Back that ass up dancing. I did hear about this. Uh, it has thousands of views. Let's play it. Mm -hmm. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with the kids, guys. Yeah. It's how I, get I, like, black I, like, I like the people in the background, like, but, but like the fucking yeah. the white people in the background, but like, what, like Tom Stairs cringe. Okay, we get that. <laughs> but like, the, what about the the white people behind her? White people behind him. Oh my like, god! Hilarious, dude. And there, cringe, dude. There's the there's multiple angles to this shit. Oh my god. Now he's like rubbing on the side of the rapper. Oh my god. What the fuck is this <laughs> shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, guys, I'm cool. I'm Tom Steyer. I have a, I have a plaid tie, but I dance to rap. Wow, I did not expect that from Tom Steyer. Yeah, I neither. I don't think Tom yeah. Steyer expected that from Tom Steyer. No. <laughs> this is there he's never gonna he's never cover this shit. Hey, he's, he's he, never. He's trying to get the black vote. He's trying to reach out to the community. He thinks this yeah. is what they're gonna like. <laughs> Tom Steyer's a racist, it's guys. Over. It's over. He's never gonna be able to run for office ever. He's again. a he's like, the fucking this... next gen CEO too. Like this fucker is so out of touch. Oh my God! The Late Show James Corbin did a bit on it. And it's the th mm. the thumbnail just has Corbin uh, with his head uh, head in his uh, hands. <laughs> yeah, it's about sums oh. it up. 
What's your reaction to this, DJT? He's pandering way too hard and he should stop. Like, if I was black, I'd be offended. See? It is absolute cringe. Okay, politicians need to stop dancing. Can we make that a rule? No dancing if you're going to run for office. You cannot run mm -hmm. for office and then dance. It should be banned. A good, no, unless they're a good dancer, fine. But like, if you're gonna mm. dance, please be good at it. Who has run for president is good at dancing? Literally no one. But if well, they're exactly, like, if there was like, one in the future, dancing. please, like, if you can dance and wife. dance all you want, if you can't stay out of it. Only ballroom dancing is acceptable. Is that the consensus yep. here? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Keep it classy. Because obviously, like after the after you win the presidency, there's like the first dance that's like uh, you know, yeah, the president and the first lady, and you know. Do you remember what Trump's song was? But but he but he was really he was actually a very good dancer. I I, I rem do you remember? I remember his song? seeing it too. It was like wow. It, well, I knew it. I kind of figured that Melania would be a good dancer. Oh yeah, Trump, Trump like uh, you know. I and he... I, I tell you, the last of the last three years, he has surprised me so many times. Like, like I, I knew I knew he was capable of doing the job and doing all the little intricacies that go with the job. But like right. how good he how good he's been at almost everything, like really almost everything. And it's like it's just like now I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I want to go back to. I don't know if I want to go to anything else. I'm just I know, like, right? Present for how, life. How do you go back? How do you go back? How do you go back to what to the way boring. things were? Like going back to boring. Uh, and what did you just say? Did you call me boring? I'll show you boring. Uh, then um, yeah, what I was saying though was that during his uh dance with Melania, he danced to the song "My Way" by Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. Pretty appropriate. Good old Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good Trump. old Sinatra. I love how like Trump. Trump's music choices are always great. He picks my way for the dance at the RNC convention. Remember when he came out with the fucking WWE smokescreen and he comes out of the shadows and he's playing We Are the Champions, just blasting. That is why I love this man. He has fun with it. And so you see stuff like that. Uh, what other song choices has he done that are funny? There's, there's probably others I'm forgetting, but those are the notable ones uh, that were just holy. I mean, his rally music is funny, too. You have, like, We're Not Gonna Take It Anymore, uh, Revolution, like, all kinds of stuff. It's funny yeah, shit. Yeah, he used to, like, like I used to get, I used to get uh, bothered when, like like he'd play song he there there'd be some songs that were being played at the rallies and then like the, the artists, artists bitch. would be like they'd bitch and whine like yeah see to me I don't fuck up like who like, cares like look these nobody's gonna not listen to your fucking song yeah because Trump it, it was played at a Trump rally if anything it'd probably be the polar opposite. I love that one time when Jim Acosta was trying to do a report live at the Trump rally and they fucking cranked the music up so he th <laughs> they couldn't hear Jim. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, just funny. But, you know, the thing is, he, like, when these artists do bitch that annoys me too because it's, then they always say, well, I don't want Grumble Grumpf playing my music. 
anybody can fucking play and listen to your music. Like, mm -hmm. you're just picking this because you have some, you know, some boot up your ass about Trump or some Republican you don't like. Just, I just say, don't care. Like, why do they have to care so much? You're still getting your royalties and everything through other means. Like, God, just, just don't worry about it, guys. Like, who cares? Like, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a good thing that people you don't like actually listen to your music, and people you do like listen to your music. Shouldn't everyone like your music? And shouldn't everyone play your music? Maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Maybe. But I kind of, I just like, I always, I've always, I've always never been a fan of musicians getting political with anything. Like, I'm like, look, you're, you're a musician. You, you, you make music. You make music, and that's it. You enjoy your music. And there you go. Yeah. It's not hard. I mean, it is hard, but, but staying out of the no, politics I'm, stuff I'm is saying, not hard. I'm, I'm saying like you, you're really in all honesty. Okay. So you're an artist, but you're really in the service industry. Like if you think yeah. about it, like, look, you're, you're creating content for the enjoyment of as many people as can listen to it. Like, yeah, that's it's like, your oh, job. I don't want you listening to my shit. Like, then you shouldn't have made the fucking song. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I don't. It doesn't I don't make get sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And, uh, fuck, what was the other thing I was thinking? And the other thing, too, is like Ricky Gervais said at the Golden Globes you people know nothing about ordinary people. You don't understand what they're going through right now. I mean, it's more the case of Hollywood, of course. But still, I, I, I don't like this sort of arrogance where they act like they kind of know it all and they know what's right. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Trump's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, you are you play a guitar or you fucking, no, not even that. I mean, let me back up. You don't even probably write your own shit and your music's being used at Rye, like big fucking deal. I mean, I'm like, ridiculous. I used to, like, like I, I used to be such a, I, I used to be, a Rage Against the Machine fan. Like I I love Rage Against the Machine. Mm -hmm. I still do. I mean, I still like a lot of their stuff. But like but I don't know. This last year over this last year I've just fallen out of favor. Mm -hmm. And I I just like 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 they cuz they cuz they do they they were, you know, they helped campaign for Obama. And I'm like and then Bernie That's, too, I think. You're raging. You're, you're raging against the machine. You are the fucking machine, you mm -hmm. dumbass. Yeah. That's the same thing I have with Green Day. They were all like, "Oh yeah, we're so edgy and rebellious," and then they show uh, anti-Trump shit. They show for Hillary. Literally, I think. there's there's nothing more rebellious right now in 2020 than wearing a fucking MAGA hat in a yep. college campus. Yep, exactly. It's about as edgy as you can get. Yeah. Like you're gonna get hate. You're going to get hate from so many different people, from students, from professors, from faculty. The establishment. You're getting it from everybody. Yeah. They're probably going to grade you. They're probably going to grade your assignments differently seeing you in that fucking MAGA hat. Like, yeah, like, exactly. The, the, and, and these people are like, oh, like, I just, these people are full of shit. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what it is. Like, and then that makes it, their 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 brand as a band or whoever feel fake and feel like an act. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it really is. But like, yes, of course. But some of them genuinely like believe in the stuff they talk about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I guess I well, I mean, well, well, to be fair, okay, so to be fair, coming up, you know, like, like they got popular, like Rage Against Me, they got popular during the Bush, like, like the Bush year, like, or the Clinton years, I'm sorry, the the, the Clinton years, they, you know, they, you know, they got popular and, you know, I liked some of their stuff. And then George W. Bush, uh, like, you know, the dual wars thing happened. And I kind of was, I wasn't, I, I'm, I wasn't really a fan of, you know, the Bush doing the whole two wars thing. And, you know, and I mean, I, so I was still kind of like, all right, you know, they're, they're, they're still cool. And then they, they, they went and campaigned for Obama. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of here with that shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you, that, that's the machine. You literally, you are the you're machine. raging with the machine, not against it. Welcome to the machine now, as Pink Floyd said. That's like, yeah, and then, and then it's like I, I don't like. Speaking of that, like Bernie Sanders, like how how are you st- how do these fuckers still support Bernie Sanders? <laughs> like literally, like like did did they not view the last election? How the last election went down? Like yeah, and like. Like he, he he gained popularity and people thought he was cool, you know, and he was going to be the, the, you know, the socialist that was looking to challenge the establishment and all mm. that shit. And then, then, um, Hillary Clinton was, was kind of, it looked like Hillary Clinton and the DNC was railroading Bernie Sanders. And then, you know, and so he started gaining even more popularity and then what the fuck does he do? He drops out and he joins the fucking establishment. I'm like, yeah. piece of shit. Like, you're a sellout. You're a sellout. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, and of course, nothing says sellout more than being a socialist and being a fucking millionaire with three houses. We need to stop everything because Michael Bloomberg has 50% of the vote in American Samoa. Michael Bloomberg has won American Holy Samoa. Holy shit. Stop the fucking presses right now. Wow. Holy shit. America you said American Samoa? Yeah, yeah. So well, fuck that changed that holy changes god, everything. that changes everything. <laughs> Dude, I he's, he's got America. fucking delegates now. He's in he's, he's he's fucking he could win this shit. Look, we're i I'm smelling a comeback. I'm smelling a comeback. You Four know, a, delegates. A, a one one territory here, one territory. He'll be um, he'll be president in no time. I'm not making this up. You want to know how many votes he got in American Samoa? Mm. 175. There you go. Hey, hey. <laughs> right, that's 175 <laughs> that's, votes. That's hey. a, yeah. Hey. That's a good start. Tulsi Gabbard right. at Look. number two with 103 votes, and she got one delegate. One. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. That that's that's a that's hilarious. They're, That's they life. fucking rail like dude. The DNC is doing the same shit that they did in 2016. Yep. They're railroading fucking everybody. They're running train Absolutely. on them, as AOC would say. Like yeah, it's like, it's like you. I felt like, I like, I was thinking like if the D uh, the only the only worry that I was possibly having, um. In, in the election would be if if the DNC finally got their shit together mm-hmm. and just let the let the elections happen as they were gonna happen like but but that was that was dumb of me that was really dumb of me like they were ever gonna let that shit go like no they're 
the DNC chooses who they want to fucking choose. And yep. that's it. That's it. There's no, there's no real election. Like at least, you know, in 2016, look, I don't think any, I don't think anybody in the, the Republican, uh, the, on the Republican side in 2016, really honestly, truly wanted Trump to win, but Trump was just fucking better than everybody. Like, yeah. And they let it happen. Like at least, at least the, the at least the Republican side, let it, let, let it happen as it was going to happen. Um, no, the DNC, they pick, they pick their, they anoint their fucking. Yeah, their nominees. They pick them. Their they, nominee before the, really before the votes even happen. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I was saying for the longest time it was going to be Kamala Harris. I turned out to be wrong because they, they fucked up her campaign, but she was what they wanted. She was their darling. Yeah, she, I think she might be no, the but, VP now. They almost had that. I almost feel like. Hmm. I almost feel like they need to or stacy abrams but i think it's gonna be kamala it needs to be a woman like let's let's i think oh, yeah. we can both agree on that it has to be a woman and i yeah. also think a woman of color is what they're looking for the, okay so so the one the one negative mm -hmm. that they could really that trump could really salivate on would be like he would make he he could really hard he could hard drive that criminal reform yeah because he has kamala so much harris, amazing criminal kamala justice harris form. was terrible as a like, yeah i think she was da terrible fucking da in california yeah put a ton put a ton of blacks in prison yeah a ton yeah and then you're talking about like like you really think god i i I feel like if they if they did that, if they picked Kamala Harris, mm -hmm. like I think that would like I don't know. I think I think it'd give I give it give Trump more of the black vote. I I do. I already feel like he's gonna he's gonna a good chunk of the of the African American vote. Yeah. I feel like he's definitely gonna improve. Well, you know what I've noticed at CPAC too, this made me reflect on this. I'm glad you brought this up. This is, I think, the most I've seen Republicans put a genuine effort into reaching out to African-American voters because you have mm -hmm. Candace Owens with Blexit, Kanye West for a bit, uh, telling um, you know, the, the African-Americans need to become free thinkers and wake up uh, to what the, the Democrat uh, plantation has sort of enslaved them and kept them back. And mm -hmm. then you have, on top of that, Trump with record low african-american unemployment and you have all that going on that is a lot that that is so much um you know work being put and into the, it look criminal justice reform oh yeah like, yeah, yeah. It's big yeah that is a whopper i mean that is a whopper people are like oh well you can do something with the unemployment and that's and that's great and all but like he literally he's literally he's gone against the I think he's gone against the grain. Like I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure establishment Republicans were too hot on that criminal reform. I think he just went ahead and did it anyway. Well, because they haven't done it. Nobody else has done it. He did that. He no, did criminal yeah. justice reform, and then you also have Brent Strzok with the walk away movement. You have like yeah. five things right there, solid things, that are five cultural political movements happening, and so it's, it's. I I I really hope it works. 
because I the, the, the voting block Republicans need to go after next is Hispanics because they've done nothing, he's, nothing to reach out to them. Done it. He's already done it. He he jacked uh, he jacked Joe Biden's what the like he tried to he tried to register I think. He missed out on registering Latinos for Biden or something like oh that, my and Trump God. beat him to it. Yeah, you, you didn't, you didn't. I didn't hear didn't about that? that. No, that's yeah, fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, because I think Biden, I think Biden tried to uh, register uh, Latinos for Biden or something like that, and then Trump beat him to the <laughs> IP, the, the the address. So then it redirects, <laughs> it redirects to Trump. Trump. Yes. Like, and then, and it, yeah. Yes. Oh my God! You do this, yeah. Latinos, fucking a. That's funny. I love when Trump does that. He did that to Jeb. Remember when he did that to Jeb? Latinos yeah. for Biden. Let's see. Dot com. What do we get? All right, come on. Deliver the goods. All right, it's coming up to a page. Ah, the domain. It comes to a good to go daddy page. Maybe it's something else. We'll find that. But, I mean, I, I exaggerate. I say Republicans have done nothing. I think Trump has done some effort to reach out to them by doing okay. the Latinos for Trump. Okay. So, and so for... Let me, let me fill you in a little bit here. So, so uh, Biden tried to... Uh, he tried to get the webpage Todos Con Biden, which is Spanish for all with Biden, right? Trump beat him to the... Trump beat him to the page and so hold on so then when people visit totos con biden right it says oops joe forgot about the latinos <laughs> joe is all talk and like, i see it right now holy it's shit paper, it's, donald, yeah, it's a donald trump ad vomitos fuck yes latinos oh every yeah you click vomitos it comes to latinos for trump holy shit yeah wow yeah, yeah that's fucking funny i wish i knew about this shit and it now. looks it, and it's smart too because he puts he puts all the like it's it's it, he puts the people that are in uh he has a list of all of of the you know all the hispanics that are working in his yeah. administration yeah i right? see that yeah i mean it's it it's genius it was genius when he did that it was just genius He's a genius marketer. Oh. He's great. Um, but like I said, I think Trump has done some stuff like, and you know, telling him how legal immigration, um, you know, he, he's pro-legal immigration, but how illegal, illegal immigration hurts Hispanics and other minority communities, which is so true. I don't care how many times the grapers of these all right people make fun of uh, the new right for bringing that, but it's very true. And See, I think it's an effective argument, but See, I think a lot. we need yeah. to have more Hispanic voices in the Republican Party, because we have a we have a, some African Americans, we have some women, we have like no Hispanics and no Ted Cruz and Marco we, Rubio. There's don't a count. few. There, there's a few out of the word, but like, but uh, but keep in mind, there's I mean a lot. Like I don't think that there's as many Democrat supporters as far as Latina like like as far as Latinos go. Um, because, well, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I'm. I mean, a lot, there's a lot of like Hispanics here that are real religious. Like they're real Catholic. Yes, and yes. They're real, like they're very religious. Yes. Uh, like religion is a big deal to them. And 
Like, like they're they're not they're not stupid. They're seeing what's going on. Yeah. Well, I think what we could tap into the religious aspect for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I beyond that is where I need to kind of research more and get to know the community mm-hmm. more. But I yeah. think we can start with getting more his, you know, clearly Hispanic faces in the GOP because there are pretty much none. There is. Because, like, I'm just going to be blunt. Like, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, you wouldn't know they were Hispanic until they tell you that. Yeah. You need clearly Hispanic faces. And I, there's, like, none. I mean, there probably is some, but I can't think of one. And that's a problem. And I hate to play the identity politics game, but that's how you fight back against it. There's a difference between, you know, saying, oh, you have to vote for X and Y because they're black or they're Hispanic. Uh, there's a difference between that and saying, okay, Democrats are playing identity politics. We need to show how they're wrong, that you don't need to be Hispanic to vote Democrat. You don't need to be black to vote Democrat. That's what Candace does. That's what Kanye even was saying too. And that's what I think it needs to be. You need to prove that, uh, as you know, that, that message. So I feel like it's coming. I think it will. I feel like it's coming. Yeah. I think it will come, but it needs to hurry up. You got to have something like, I mean, I mean, as far as these campaigns go, you have to have something in the back pocket. Like, yeah, you do. You have to have something in the back pocket because if you just push, if you push all of your shit out at, too early, then it kind of gets stale. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you, yeah, you got to, you got to keep hitting out with like fresh content, you know? Of course. And I, think, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that's something that could really be hit on right when we're starting to get to the thick of like the election well we could i think what would be effective and then i'm gonna have to log off in a second is if we had a hispanic ice agent which there are many of it's a charismatic speaker good looking cool that ran for some office that'd be killer that'd be great because that shatters the narrative that ice is racist ice are nazis so hispanic guy works for ice and they're protecting law and order so I'm gonna have to wrap it up there unfortunately because it's getting late and I'm gonna have to go but thank you everyone for tuning into this final real news this real news uncensored a super Tuesday CPAC special uh, as we wind down this uh, bit of the semester and go into spring break we'll be back at some point not so sure when yet but this is uh, the final episode before spring break so thank you everyone for tuning in and I hope you all have a, if you do have a spring break, a nice spring break. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news.